You see, tonight I thought it'd be appropriate as I went home and I began to just write down and jot down some notes and just begin to just bleed on them over the next few days. What, what God, did you want to say to us out of this word? This word, I felt like God wanted us to put ourselves in the positions of the Israelites. What it was like, just for a moment, just, we're going to put ourselves for a moment in their shoes, what it must have been like to stand on those water lines of the Red Sea, but then I wanted us to see how and what God did to bring the great victory. But I also felt like through that great victory that he was leading them into freedom, he wanted us to discover and realize some truths about what freedom really looks like. So can you imagine for a moment, go with me, go with me back to way back to Exodus chapter 10, 11, and 12. And let's look at Exodus for a minute and remember where the Israelites were. Remember? They were in the middle of bondage and slavery, and they were broken, and they were griping. Scott, they were complaining like you do all the time. I mean, they were just all a mess. These people were a mess, and they wanted, they wanted freedom. They wanted out of the bondage. They wanted out of the slavery. And so God raised up this leader named Moses who would go to Pharaoh the king, and he would deliver deliver all of these, remember the plagues? Say, hey, will you let my people go? And he wouldn't let the people go. He kept lying and going back on his word. And God would send these plagues, plagues of like darkness and frogs and boils and turn the water into blood and all of these 10 things God brought upon this land. And the Israelites, God's people, they got to live through and see all 10 of those plagues right there. The final plague, the biggest was this death of the firstborn. And God says, but you, my people, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to cover you. And you're going to put this blood on the doorpost, which is such a great Easter salvation message that is as the death angel comes by and you have the blood on the doorpost, the death angel will pass on by your house and your firstborn, your cow, your cat, your dog, your son, your firstborn will not be touched. And so the Israelites got to see Passover and in the middle of the Passover, it midnight, they break through and they got to experience this exodus. This for, can, you, can you just go for a second when, when the Cowboys win the Super Bowl in 2022, how excited we're going to be and how passionate we're going to be and the jubilee that's going to pump through the streets. But how much greater would the excitement and the jubilee be inside of our hearts when we are released from hundreds of years of slavery and bondage, can you imagine the party that was there that night, Ryan Tyranny, as they exodus out of Egypt? Mm, there's some partying going on, Ann. And then they find themselves in the wilderness and they have provision from God food and water every single day and they have a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that protects them and gives them warmth and heat and light to walk and cruise and journey. Can you imagine being with these Israelites and yet still they were locked in to the complaining Scott and the weariness and the lack of trust with God and they find themselves where the Lord gave me the word on the shores of the Red Sea, looking at an impossible situation where we would get this cliche, we are now stuck between a rock 
and a hard place and the Red Sea was staring at them and the Egyptians and Pharaoh and the horses and the chariots were now cruising at high speeds to come and lock down these people and bring them back into Egypt because they just realized they lost their slaves and all their work and all their help and all their weed eaters and lawnmowers and they lost it all. And so now the Egyptians are crying out to God and we pick it up. And I want to read. I just want to, I want to read. I want to read to you. This is just a word tonight. This is a word of what Moses said. Watch this. In Exodus 14, verse 10, it says, here we go. Remember, Pharaoh was drawing near and the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And you can hear it, this great army, right? These Egyptians, they, it wasn't a little weenie army. This was a big, bad army, and they were coming after them. And the Bible says the Israelites feared, feared greatly. And the people began to cry out to the Lord again, and they said to Moses, listen to this junk. <laughs> Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you took us out here to die in the wilderness? What have we done in bringing us out of Egypt? Is it not better what we said to you there to leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Listen to their complaints. The same thing you and I do when we're tied up in an impossible situation, looking back, grabbing to what's comfortable to what we're used to, the voices of our old taskmasters are saying we would rather die in the comfort of Egypt than break through into God's freedom. Wow. And then Moses, great pastor, <clears throat> great leader, a lot of books this man wrote, a lot of, a lot of uh, podcasts he was on. I mean, I think he made it all the way up to like Joe Rogan's podcast and stuff. I think he was right after like that doctor who talked all about the COVID and stuff. Uh, Moses, this man of God, he stood up and he said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of your Lord for which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. I just wanted to pick, just pick apart just a little bit of what Moses is saying there because I think it can really apply to our life and what God's trying to say to us that we're literally on the banks of the Red Sea. He's ready to part the sea, but he's wanted us to get out of Egypt. This is what Moses was saying. He's saying, fear not and stand firm. Those are the only responsibilities that we have. The, no one else can do that but us. We have to, our grandmas can't do that who prayed us through and spoke in tongues. We have to be the ones to stand firm and be strong. You've got to somehow develop a backbone, millennials. You got to develop a backbone, Gen Zers. You got to of a backbone mom and dad and you got to take on responsibility yourself for what God's trying to do and you can't blame anyone else stand strong and be strong take responsibility but we all see that in the moment that he says that this is God's salvation God's salvation is coming through and it's a little bit confusing because we think a lot of times salvation is like our uh, eternal security in Christ. I'm going to heaven and not hell. This is salvation. And it is. But I wanted you to see here, I wanted to pull this aside here, give you a little nugget here, that salvation is not just my faith in Christ, but it's also my moments in Christ, that he can come through in the nick of time, in moments I'm in the most distress, in the moments I'm in trouble, and he can bring salvation 
salvation to the hurting body. He can bring salvation to the COVID-stricken body. He can bring salvation to the marriage, to the place that needs it most. God gives me salvation. Yes, I'm going to heaven, but he comes through with his saving arm and saves the day for you and me. And this is what we get to see in Exodus 14, where Moses says, this is our God, and see his salvation. Oh, Kim, that, that just, we, we should all stand up, shout, pull out our hankies, and begin to run around the church, because that, that is why we come to church. We also see this immediate side of God. We, we often think God's this long, this long, 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 like everything's got to take forever. But he said, no, 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 salvation comes today. And we know that Jesus is going to come back someday, uh, very soon. And pastor's been talking about it a lot. And there's this word, this big religious word that's there. It's the imminent, the imminent return of Christ. The word imminent means now. It can happen at any moment, the twinkling of an eye. And sometimes our salvation is only but a twinkling of an eye. It's just a moment away that Roy turns over and he starts breathing the way he needs to breathe, that the doctors take those things off of him and he comes back. It's just immediate. It's like right here and imminent. It's the imminent return of Christ. It's the imminent return of his salvation. It just takes one moment. And what did he say he was going to do? He was going to destroy the enemy. He was going to get all of Egypt out of us. But it's so hard sometimes because Egypt is still so deeply embedded in us. And it was final. The final part there was that he just basically said, shut up. When it gets to this point, people, because he knew them, right? Moses was the great leader of all these people. He knew them well enough that they're always going to open their mouth. And every time they open their mouth, they're going to get in trouble. They're going to say something stupid. He said, just, just shut up. Just shut your mouth and just set that, put duct tape. I don't even know if they had duct tape back then. I'm sure there was on a couple of rolls over Walmart. They, they just duct tape their mouth shut because God's about to bring salvation. And if you will keep quiet, we will see him come through. Hmm. And that's what Moses said to the people on the shores of the Red Sea. But this is what God turned and said to Moses and the people. You ready for this? I'm almost done. I'm not long. I told you, there's a word tonight. Chapter 14, verse 15, it says this. This is what the Lord says. The Lord said to Moses, you got it up there? He said, why do you cry to me? Stop being a baby. Stop your whining. At least that's the way I hear him say, like, stop your crying. Go tell the people of Israel, go forward. What? Wait, wait, wait. Remember, we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of the Israelites. They're really staring at the water, huge Red Sea, and the Egyptians are kabloom, 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 kabloom. They're coming in all their chariots and horses, and they're between a rock and a hard place, and God says, move forward. What direction? Because neither of them look good right now, God. But this is what God says in the middle of our circumstances and hardships and places we're in when we're battling addictions and we can't see the way out of it. God says, come on, move forward, go forward. Because where do I go? I got this staring me in front of me and I got this behind me and I just can't seem to work it out. And God says, come on, move forward, move forward, move forward, move forward, church. Come on, move forward in that marriage, move forward in that relationship. Because this is what he told Moses to do. If you remember, I preached a sermon a couple months ago about the staff. Remember, I was up here at that big wooden stick on the stage. You better remember? Yeah, just one person. Please raise your hand. Alan D. Alan D. Thank you. You saved me. He remembers the good wooden stick. He's my best pupil in this room. Thank you, Alan. 
God says to Moses, lift up your staff. What was the staff? His spiritual authority. Lift up the staff, your spiritual authority, and stretch your hand out over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts and all his chariots and all his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And and then when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. What was God saying? God was saying, over all of these parts, I'm going to come and break it up. I'm going to come and remove all of the Egyptian pieces that have been embedded in you inside of your DNA, your thinking, your life, your, your, your behaviors. I'm going to remove all of that out and I'm going to kill literally the Egyptians right before your eyes because I want you to get through on dry ground. I want you to get to the place of freedom. And that's what God wants for you and he wants for me. He wants freedom from slavery, freedom from oppression, freedom from what our old taskmaster used to tell us, freedom. He wants us to walk in pure freedom. You're standing on the Red Sea. The waters will part. You will go forward and you will get in freedom. Amen? So here's four truths. Uh, worship team, you guys can come. Four simple truths that I wanted to give to you tonight, just real quick, to sum this up on our freedom. Number one, John 8, 36 says that if the Son sets you free, then you'll be free indeed. I want you to understand this. The, uh, number one, the ultimate goal of Christianity is freedom. Jesus died on the cross. He gave his life. We celebrated it tonight with juice and wafer. He died so that we could be free. If the sun set us free, then we are, come on, there's that imminent, there's that immediate, then we are free indeed. We don't have to keep walking around in chains. We don't have to keep walking around in shackles. We don't have to keep walking around in our old ways and own things. If he set you free, then you are free indeed. That's it, freedom. It's freedom. Number two, I simply wanted you to see in Psalms 34, verse 19, that many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I want you to see tonight that freedom doesn't mean that we're absent from any trouble, any problem, any dysfunction, or any trouble. That literally tonight, God works on our behalf through the affliction, through the pain, through the bad news, through the moments that we don't like, Our freedom is literally there to shine forth the glorious power, supernatural strength of our creator and maker. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Can somebody say amen? We've had some affliction. We've had some trouble. We've had some slip ups. Many are are the troubles of the righteous. This is not the wicked. He's talking about you and me, the righteous. We are the righteousness of God. We are in right standing with him. Many are our troubles, but watch this. says, God delivers them out of half of them. No, it says that he delivers them and us out of them all. So what a reminder to us is, is that we're in moments of affliction, in moments of trouble and pain, God will deliver us out. So why do we question? Why do we go back like the Israelites and say, it would have been better to stay in Egypt. It would have been better to listen to Pharaoh. It would have been better to be a slave and live through all the oppression. No, 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 because we know God will deliver out of them all. So we stop questioning. 
Number three, we see our freedoms. <laughs> One of my favorites right here. We simply see that our freedoms tie us closer to, watch this, I put this in here specifically, to a holy God. Everyone say holy God. Why? Because 1 Peter 2.16 says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. One translation says, bond servants of God. So my freedom now doesn't give me a license to go out and be willy-nilly and do whatever I want and just yuck it up. And I'm free. Oh, the grace of God will cover everything. I can go live like the rest of the world. And I'm free. His grace. I'm free. His grace. No, 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 no. Our freedom is literally there to tie us. Hog, like my dad used to say when I was a kid, hog tie us together to a holy God so that why so that over time my life begins to look more like his than it would mine because if I'm left with my own freedom we'll get in trouble but my freedom actually doesn't give me full reign my freedom gives me full tension with a holy God and that, listen to me. Oh, no, that doesn't sound very exciting. Oh, you mean we can't go club and discotheque and smoke all the marijuana and do everything we want and sleep around with 15 different people? No, 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 no. What I'm telling you is true freedom is the opposite of that. The world tells you freedom is going doing all those things. But when I'm tied up to a holy God, I find that my freedom is in him, that I don't have to do those things to be happy. My happiness comes from him. That's freedom. That's freedom. And then lastly, lastly, I got to be done. I got to be done. That's the last one. Last one. I, I saw in Galatians chapter 5. I want you to see this truth about freedom. Galatians chapter 5, you know this. And for freedom, Christ has said it's free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. What am I telling you about freedom? I'm saying that you got to stake your ground and never, ever go back. Stake your ground and never, ever look back. Stake your ground and don't you ever put those hands in handcuffs again. I'm saying stake your ground and never go back. But somehow, we like to return like the dog to its vomit. And we want to keep going back because that's what's comfortable. God's got a new land, a new ground, a new place, a new freedom for each and every one of us tonight. And if we will stake the ground like they did, come on, they did, they staked that ground and said, this is the place, they put rocks there. This is the place where God showed up and he parted the Red seas and we walked across on dry land and the Egyptians came in and they thought they could chase us, but God brought the water back together and swallowed up our enemy. And you and I, we have to do the same thing. We've got to stake our land and ground so that our kids, and grandkids know that we ain't going back. We will be people of freedom. We will be people of God. We will be people of promise. And we ain't going back. <laughs>